It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, Utah fans. It's me, Sammy Mora. I am back once again on the Locked On Utes podcast. But today, we're back with the OG, the OG homie, the OG, one of the OG Locked On Utes hosts, my friend Brian Brown. Hi, Brian. Welcome back. Thank you, Sammy. It's so exciting to be back on the podcast that you and I should have been doing for the last uh, month. And uh, I, my voice is just, as everybody can tell, we have uh, Sam, Sammy, uh, Sammy Amazing and uh, the Brian Brown version of Sivo on the show today. Hey, it's getting better, honestly. I think you're getting better. Every time we talk, it's a little bit better. Just baby steps. We're just baby stepping it right now. Yeah. And um, I, uh, you know, um, I'm just working on my night tea tonight. Yeah, yeah. Trying I got, to get trying to get better, twenty two percent better every single show. I got that text and it was like just making my night tea, and I was like, "Huh, is that different from day tea?" But, anyways, um, first we're gonna just jump in. First big weekend for actually it wasn't a big weekend for the Red Rocks. It was a roller coaster of a weekend for the Red Rocks. Um, I don't know how much you saw of it on Twitter, Brian, but it was a um wild meet for the red rocks on friday night versus arizona state at home um one of the like most up and down meets from utah gymnastics that i have seen in a while um the youths do come up or the red rocks i should say do come up victorious against arizona state with a final score of 197.4 to 196.1 that 197.4 doesn't tell half of the story of what happened on friday night um so, you know, things start off kind of strong on vault, but the one thing that was very, very, very scary for all of us in the arena was after her vault from the two spot, Cammie Hall was, she stuck her landing. She was running down the runway to celebrate with her teammates. She jumped up, her eyes got all big, and then she just collapsed. Mm. Like, collapsed on the floor, hit the floor hard. Emily LeBlanc, who was a former gymnast on the team and is now the student coach, thought that Crystal, I mean, not Crystal, Cammy was playing. She kind of just like tapped her, was like, hey, Cammy, like, haha, get up. And everyone thought she was joking because Cammy is very much like one of the jokesters on the team. Right. And all of a sudden, you just see Jimmy Pratt like waving to the trainers, and the air in that arena just got sucked out. Like, everyone was all hype and excited for Cammy, and we're like, yeah, let's go. And then all of a sudden, it, you could hear a pin drop in that arena. And with 10,000 people, that is, like, very hard to do. Um, it, she, they helped her off the field. She, she came back, to. They helped her off the field. They helped her off the floor. Um, she ended up – vault is her only event she competes in, so there wasn't any last-minute lineup changes or anything. So they ended up – she ended up just sitting on the sideline for the rest of the meet. Um, Tom Farden did confirm to us that we all knew what happened. Is So Cammy gets very excited when she hits big vaults. And this has happened before, actually. I talked about it on newzone.com. Um, during the 2020 season, she stuck a vault, got very excited, and 
she f- nearly fainted again. And thankfully, um, the then coach, Garrett Griffiths, on the vault was able to catch her. So she didn't hurt herself this time. It just happened that she fell onto the hard ground. Um, someone on our, on the board compared her to um, one of those screaming goats that like faints. Yeah, fainting goats. Big, yeah. big thing on the internet. Fainting goats. So Cammy compared Cammy to a fainting goat, which is cute in all like ideals. But like when you're like watching gymnastics, that's like the last thing you want to see is like one of your your gymnasts just fall over. And I I think I think one thing about this sport that is uh, very different from others is just the the, well, I shouldn't say others. I mean, there's always a bit of risk, but like football, we kind of get used to the physicality of it. Right. Like gymnastics, the 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 level to which they're risking injury on four inch beams and massive vaults and the, you know, the the heights that they're reaching and, and no protective equipment. It's it's really frightening. And. I think sometimes they make it look so easy and smooth that we overlook that a little bit. We do. And Tom Farden even says every, like, I think he says maybe like four or five times a season that gymnastics is a game of millimeters. Um, You saw it with um, Kara Aker earlier in the season when she was doing her touch warm up and she slipped off the the vaulting table and she gave herself a high ankle sprain. Um, you see girls warming up on the high bar and their hands just slip and they just face plant onto the mats. Like it is a very up and down thing with gymnastics on those events, but Cammy's okay. He just said that she got, she gets really excited and she doesn't breathe in enough air. Like the adrenaline all hits her when she sticks it and she just starts hyperventilating and then she doesn't get enough air and she just hits the ground. Um, which is like it's very it's very concern it's not very it's, it is very concerning it's concerning because like you don't know like when it's gonna happen um and that was a very scary moment in the huntsman center on friday but she's all good cammy was back to normal by the end of the meet she was back to hopping around with her teammates and all that jazz they kept her in the locker room for a little bit of time pumped her full of some gatorade and she was back out there um yeah. I used to have a teammate who would do that back in high school. Um, I, that same teammate would also, like, throw up in various colors throughout the game. Um, and it's kind of one of those things where it's just – it's weird. It's unexplainable. Doctors can't really find issues. They're still safe. But, like, when it happens, it like you said, it sucks the energy out of a room. When you saw that happen, how did you feel like the team responded, even though, like, you know, they've kind of been through this before a little bit with her? So, it actually, I – like I didn't see Cammy actually fall. Like I was like typing something on my computer and all I heard was Trent Woods, um, my buddy from the desert news say, Oh my God, Cammy. And I look up and he's like, I was like, what happened? He's like, Cammy just collapsed. So I was, I was out of it. And then the, but the team actually responded really well. Lucy Stanhope came out of the three position and she still scored a nine, nine on a 10 Oh vault. So it was pretty good response from her and from the rest of the lineup. Um, Jaden Rucker with a, a stuck 8-5, um, Lexi Birch with a 9-9, and Grace McCallum took started off, like, this should have been the first warning flag that she was going to have a rough night. Um, she nearly like stepped off the mat on her landing which gave her a 9-8-2-5 on a 10-0 value vault. So Utah was, like, up by a good, like they were actually only winning by .025 at the end of the first rotation. Which is kind of, which is also kind of concerning. Like, you should kind of be like, okay, like, you should probably have a bigger lead on an opponent of Arizona State's quality by that point. 
Yeah, and I think some of that's just the hangover from the big win, right? And and the way mm-hmm. into the level, and you pointed out when we talked about it last time, in gymnastics, one of the big things you don't ever want to do is peak early, yes. right? So I think in the grand scheme, you kind of want this performance, right, to remind you that, like, hey, there is still plenty of work to do. You know, I think, like, you, you mentioned Grace is almost stepping off. I mean, that's a very uncharacteristic thing for her, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's, she's a very technical gymnast. She's very talented. Um to make a mistake like that seems almost like it's a little bit of a mental engagement thing as much as anything. Um, and so I think that in, in a lot of respects, be able be able to win the meet, move on all that kind of stuff. And yet you still have plenty to work on. I think that bodes well. Yeah. And then the Red Rocks went on to bars for that second rotation. And this was like turning point one was they posted a season high score on bars of a 49, four, two, five, which for those of you who aren't aware of gymnastics, keeping like each event, if you're in the high, if you're in the mid to high 49, like 49 point something range, and it's the high like end of that, you're considered an elite team. Like you're doing a really good job. So for them to go out and post a 49, 425 on bars was impressive, um, especially after what had happened in the last rotation. Grace McCallum did have a career high 9925 on bars. So that was like, Oh, maybe maybe Grace's vault was just an off moment. Um, Crystal Issa did have a like she had technically what's called a like a fall in gymnastics, even though she didn't fall off the bars. So she was doing her transition from her high bar to her low bar, just lost momentum and like basically almost stopped swinging. Which to stop swinging is a deduction of points in in gymnastics, obviously on bars. And so she ended up adding an extra skill, which again was another deduction. And she only scored a 9.775, which is one of her lowest scores ever she's posted. But the youths were in a good enough position that they could just toss that score out and move on with the night. Um, so impressive bars rotation given everything that had happened in the vault. But the really <laughs> – when I talk about this meet getting crazy, the third ro- – when Utah was on beam is where things started heading south. So – Utah is very much a beam, a beam team, meaning they're consistently putting up scores like nine, nine and above all six gymnasts on the beam. And they're one of the best teams in the country on this event. Emily Morgan started off with a nine, nine, a nine, seven, seven, five, which was like, she had a bobble, which is like, okay, like it's, it's the lead off position. Like you just want your scores to grow. Grace fell off resulting in a 9.2. Adrian had a severe balance check, which resulted in a 9.65. Abby had a severe balance check, which resulted in a 9.675. So at this point, we're all like, what is going on with Utah Gymnastics on the beam? Because we haven't seen this in years, probably, where they look this bad on beam. Um, But then... Crystal came out, put a career high 9975 up. One judge actually did give her a 10. Um, I don't know what that one judge that gave her a 995 was seeing on deductions wise, because from my angles, it looked perfect. But again, I'm not a judge. And then Miley closed things out with a 995. So Utah barely like eclipses that 49 point mark because they had to count all of their nine sixes and that nine seven um, because they were able to throw out that 9.2 but not a good beam rotation, but we'll get back to that in a moment. So that was, that was after three rotations. Arizona state had at this point was struggling. They've had some girls fall off. So Utah is kind of getting their lead, but not a good third rotation. Brian, you're muted, buddy. 
and it took me forever to find the mute button. I so full disclosure, new setup here uh, as I've moved uh, to the Great White North of Davis County, and um, mid mid show, I actually turned my camera on, so Sammy was uh, shocked um, and thankfully didn't scream when my face suddenly appeared on the uh, screen. But also, uh, technical difficulties is is nothing here is aligned. Uh, Previously, last time we recorded, we recorded from my kitchen. So, like, at least we're making baby steps in terms of location. Um, Arizona State seems like it's a bigger mess than my recording studio right now. Fair to say? Arizona's on, Arizona State's on the upswing, is what I will say. They're gaining momentum as a program. They're getting good recruits into there. Their coaching staff is developing them a lot better, and they're getting elite-level gymnasts. So, Arizona State's growing. But Utah really, like... So you know those struggles when Utah football used to have where it was like, oh, we're a fourth quarter team. Like, we'll come back in the fourth quarter. Where Utah had to win and eke out every single game by the skin of their teeth. Yeah. So I'm not saying that Utah Gymnastics needed to do this, but they put on a show in the fourth quarter on floor. Um, like, Jillian Hoffman had by far her best night as a Red Rock on Friday. She put up a career high 9975 on floor from the leadoff position. That is always very hard to score high in that leadoff position, which is your first rotation of your first routine of every rotation. One judge gave her a 10, another gave her a 995, and that resulted in her getting named today, actually, or went Tuesday, um, the Pac 12 Specialist of the Week honor. So she came in, was killer. Um, Lucy kind of, we took a little bit of a dip with Lucy with an eight, nine, eight, seven, five. Jaden Rucker, again, she's, she's going to be our new floor queen once Sydney Slosky graduates. Um, she got a nine, nine, two, five. Grace stepped out on her routine. Um, so that gave her a deduction, like a ding on her score, which was a nine, seven. Miley O'Keefe with a nine, nine, five and our floor queen, Sydney Slosky halfway to perfect, a perfect 10. One judge gave her a 10. The other one came up with the nine, nine. So averaging her out to a 995. Um, Red Rock scored a 49-6 on that event. So again, elite level. And that all added up to the 197-4. But while all of this was going on with floor for Utah, we had, we the media, so me, Michelle Bodkin, Trent Woods, and even Josh Furlong to a certain extent, were talking about how the beam was cursed. Because every single Utah gymnast who either fell off or had a balance check, it happened on the same spot of the beam. So we were like, oh, maybe Utah's having an off night. But then it started happening to Arizona State, too. Almost every single girl for Arizona State fell off the beam. There was only one girl in Arizona State's entire lineup that did not fall off the beam because all of her tumbling passes were on the opposite end of it. I have a theory. Let's hear it. The ghost of Rick Majerus is placing keys on the beam, and the keys are disrupting everything. I mean... I could buy into that. I, There's no I could, other explanation possible. Um, I, I could see that. You know what's funny about that kind of stuff? And, and like I don't know how much this really relates to gymnastics. Well, maybe it does because I think gymnastics as much as anything is a mental uh, a mental grind, right? Mm-hmm. Like everything that they're doing is, is they've done a million times, and that's the goal, right, is they're trying to control their nerves, control their mindsets, not think about certain things, and just kind of be blank so that the habit of, of whatever it is that they're doing can just take over and, and be more perfect, right? And uh, I think, you know, once you start to see that as a competitor and then you start to think about it, right, and it's natural. Like, I think especially with 
with gymnastics, I think there's a lot to it, right? Um, you know, and, and I think that's kind of that's that's the part about the sport that really fascinates me, right? Is uh, it is such a physically impressive thing that I can never do, but also mentally, they are in such a different stratosphere. Oh yeah, they are because a lot of these girls have been doing this since they were like two or three, so this is like second nature to them to like going up there and doing this like the skills they were doing when they were two or three was are not the same that they are doing now but the same idea like the same concept is you have to start building that mental toughness and that mental stamina at a young age so that by the time you do get to these elite levels you're okay under the pressure and that's something that I think Grace really struggled with this week is so against Oklahoma she put up her like career meet a like like one for the like history books like fantastic meet and this week she fell on her face not literally but she fell and so tom even mentioned it post me is he said he he could feel this coming on all week that grace was going to have this issue because where she comes from in that elite gymnastics sphere is you are your own team you need to, you are, you are the reason that you win. You are the reason that you lose. And so a lot of these elite gymnasts and these freshmen that come into these programs struggle with that at times. They're still trying to get used to the whole, I am part of a team mentality and I am part of a team like aspect of things. And so they'll have meets where they are like, they look like the best thing on, on the planet. And then they'll have meets where they look like absolute garbage and like trash because they are in the mindset of, I need to do this all by myself. But there are five other girls in these lineups that are there to help them. And I think Grace I think Grace will see that now, that she doesn't have to do this all on her own. And that's a, an important part. And I think you point on, a lot of our conversation is based on the fact that I don't know anything about gymnastics, right? And I think, though Ute Nation in general has a very strong understanding of gymnastics, I would wager that most of the people who listen are primarily predominantly football, basketball, et cetera. And so I think this really c- opens the the door, mm-hmm. unlocks the blinds. I don't know. I can't speak. Um, it kind of pulls back the curtains on how the teamwork aspect of gymnastics works. Um, Sammy, it was a busy weekend, wasn't it? It was very busy. Yeah. Um, we should probably talk to everybody. Mm-hmm about how they can make their busy weekends better with an incredible app for everyone who buys gas. Are you talking about get upside? I am. Wow. So get upside um are like our listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free get upside app from the App Store or Google Play Store right now. Use our promo code uh, SCORE for $0.25 off per gallon on your first fill-up. Cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. I mean, I hate paying full price for gas. It is very expensive. But you can get cash back by using GetUpside. Just download the app and use our promo code SCORE for for $0.25 off gallon on your first tank. Um, Some people who drive a lot are making as much as $2 to $300 a year cash back, and there's no catch. Brian, what would you do with $200 $300 right now? I would make it rain at Target. 
smart move, my man. I would do the same thing. Lots of furniture. <laughs> I might even buy a teapot because I had to boil my tea tonight in a pan, and it took forever. Pot, pot, not pan, pot. Yeah, I was about to say pan. Don't, I don't think a pan works. But the cash back and the cash back, Brian, it gets added right to your account. And you can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or even an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just so I, down- can buy my, I can buy my teapot from Amazon then. You could. And maybe Short and stout. And maybe if you have Prime, you'll get it by tomorrow. <laughs> here is the handle, and here is its spout, thanks to Get Upside. Wow. So um, just get our use our promo code uh, score for 25%, 25 cents off per gallon on your first tank. That is score, S-C-O-R-E. Welcome back to the Locked on Utes podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. And Brian right now is very much regretting that I was not recording this when he just broke some very, very, very important news to me. Breaking news. I was, I was, I was screaming. And you're probably sitting out there like, what, Utah is is, uh, awarded the championship? Posthumously? Nope, 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 nope. Better than that. Better. Something that Utah fans have been begging for. Clamoring. Pounding their forks and knives on the table, uh, metaphorically on the internet. Knocking on Steve Bartle's door, saying, when is this going to happen? Adding Blair Angulo, adding Brandon Huffman, adding Greg Biggins. And if you haven't figured it out by now, the answer to that is Jalen Glover, the elite for three-star running back. Wow, you just spilled the from beans. From Lake Gibson, Florida, is it now a four-star? <laughs> Air horn noises here. We really do need to get a sound effects bar at some point in time. Oh, uh, but big news for Jalen Glover, uh, big news for the Utes, much deserved. Sammy, your instant reaction is? Good. It's about time. Thumbs up. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is just like, why did it take so long? I have no idea because like looking at his shot line, like he is a very, 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 very impressive back in Florida. And we all know the football landscape in Florida is, is different than the for- football landscape here in Utah. But when he's putting up the stats and the yardage and the yards per carry and the touchdowns that he is like, why is this, why is this man still a three-star? That's the, that's the question of the day right there. And so with his improved composite rating of 89.8935, that's a big jump, um, almost 0.0200 points from his previous 8754. He now improves to a four-star composite, which uh, that's a big deal composite because that means that the others like ESPN and Rivals and whoever else have gotten on board, 24-7 still has him as a three-star 87 I expect that to change at some point too. I, yeah, honestly, I think it's going to change like all over, honestly. Um, usually when one site does it, the other ones are quick to follow after. Um, this also comes on the heels of Lander Barton also getting a bump this week too. His wasn't, his wasn't as drastic if I am remembering correctly. Uh, no, it was, uh, not as, not as big. Um, but I think the big thing is, is jump from, uh, ranking, right? He goes from the 166th highest rated prospect in the country to 131. Again, 
Everybody's going to be like, oh, ratings don't matter. No, they don't. They don't. Uh, but this is fun. We like to have fun when we do football. So we're going to have fun and celebrate wins in ratings. Again, this means nothing when they get to the actual field. Lander Barton doesn't run out there with a 131 on his jersey. He has to work and do everything just the same as everybody else. But what I think it is is it's acknowledgement that, one, going to Utah is a big deal for these kinds of guys. Mm-hmm. And, two, Lander Barton's really freaking good. I think it also acknowledges the level of football that is played here in Utah because there's always like, there's been that like preconceived notion that like, there's not that good of football in Utah and that like, it, it like, you're not, you're never going to find good recruits in Utah, but I think college coaches are finally catching on to that. Um, like one, one Merce person whose name I will not mention on this podcast is in the portal right now. And he's a quarterback and he's, drawing these eyes of these huge programs to transfer in there. And he is a local prospect. So I think people are finally getting wind of what the talent Utah brings. You see countless times of like Oregon coming in here and recruiting. Virginia was in here and recruiting when Bronco Mendenhall was still the coach. Um, programs are, are taking note of the level of talent that's in Utah and are now flocking here to try and get it into their programs. Yeah, not only are programs taking note, but so are the recruiting services. And so I would expect that you'll continue to see uh, adjustments to this class for Utah. And as those adjustments go, uh, I believe that the uh, the ranking of this class will go up as well. Unfortunately, while Utah basketball has gotten one commitment from recruit, uh, the play on the f- on the court has not elevated the same way, has it? Yeah. Play- Play the price is right. The price is right. Like song. Yeah. That song. That song. Play that when like every I feel like the running youths get very, very, very close to like a victory and then like something happens and they just it just falls apart. Um I yeah, it's just it's I don't know. This team is rudderless, I think, without Brandon Carlson. And I think him Mm -hmm. having to sit out with the uh, appendicitis and the appendectomy has really hurt their progress right now. I think we're seeing that Lahat Chun is just not there yet, right? And Mm -hmm. and they need somebody to be able to be a go-to. You know, I think in, in the games where they played well, you've seen somebody step up, right? But we're, we've watched David Jenkins Jr. struggled. Booth Gotch is inconsistent as can be. Uh, there's, this team is trying to defend, but they really struggled on the boards. Um, and, you know, I think the biggest thing is that there's no go-to guy. And we, yeah. ta- we talked about that a little bit of the season. Now, seeing guys like Lazar Stefanovic step up and, and play better, I thought the effort against UCLA was tremendous. That's exactly what you want to see with a top-ten opponent in town, especially one like uh, UCLA. Um, but you got to win those games. Uh, they were right in there, uh, uh, right up in the minute. Like, UCLA gave them every opportunity to win that game by shooting terribly. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't get it done. And then, and then you, on the other side of the coin, you have the USC game where they were just kind of lifeless. Not, not really in it. I don't want to. I didn't. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't going to go that to that point. I was thinking I, that, but I didn't. I wasn't <laughs> going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not trying to like criticize or, or or say the lack of effort was uh, was wasn't uh, well. There, it looked like a lack of effort, right? And I think that's understandable coming off of such a heavy game against UCLA. I think it's also uh, the difference in the matchup between a UCLA team that was basically Johnny Juzang and everybody else being awful and USC, which was firing on all cylinders and has a lot of length and athleticism. And that's just a team that Utah struggles with. I mean, they mm-hmm. did it in L.A. back in December and, and 
turn around at home, same thing. So I, this team is just going to be up and down. And, you know, uh, I saw Brian Carlson, Brandon's dad, uh, predict that they're going to win seven games on the back end. I actually believe that that's possible. Uh, but at the same time, I think expecting it is asking a lot of these guys right now. However, uh, I think if you're a Utah fan, while the result on the court probably isn't uh, isn't your favorite, uh, you have to really – I think you have to be excited about what Craig Smith has going for him in terms of how he's gotten these guys to buy in and play, even though they're not really uh, the top-tier guys that they wanted. And now that they have some guys that they can go out and get next season, and, and including you know a, a start, um, I think that bodes really well for Utah. I knew for like the second that Craig Smith took over that he was going to have his back against the wall when he came into Utah. Um, you have countless guys transferring out of the program. No one really believes in Utah basketball at that moment. No one is just, it's just been heartache and pain with like sprinkled in like a few victories over teams that like you should have lost to, but then losses to teams you should have beat. Um, and I've said it before and I'll keep saying it. They're not a tournament team as of right now maybe in two or three years we're talking about a different story but right now they're not there's just so much that they're 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 fighting against that's holding them in this position I think the issues on the recruiting front are a big one in my opinion you have one commit for this class like Cole mentioned Cole Bagley mentioned last week on the pod on on the pod is that you don't really have the guy. You don't have a guy. The, the guy you have is Brandon Carlson, but do you really want your center to be your guy? Like you're, you can, you can build a team around that, but you need someone who's going to be able to go out there and just, just shoot the ball. Take like, yeah, yeah, take over. And you, you don't have take that. Over. Yeah. And, and they need it. And I think they need offense in a, in a very bad way. I think that's the one thing that Brandon uh, does provide for this team. Um, but you know, the injuries have derailed, I think the development of a lot of these guys, it's pushed guys into roles that they weren't quite ready for. You know, I think Booth Gotch is a guy that as tantalizing as his talent and ability can be at times, uh, he just, there's no, uh, his basketball sense needs the most improvement, you know, uh, what to do at the right times, you know, being a heady basketball player, I think is something that he could really focus on because I don't think he has the natural feel for it. He knows how to take the ball to the basket and score. Uh, he needs to be a situational expert, though, and that's going to be a while. So uh, tough times for this Utah basketball team, but stay stay in the fight, Utah fans. Support them. Yeah, same with the women's team. Um, as Cole also talked about last week, like they're, they're on the lower – like they're struggling at times too, um, but they did get their first conference victory on Sunday. Everyone – Give it up for them. Uh, they took down Arizona State in Tempe. Which is a big win. And and the other thing, too, with the women's basketball team, this is a absolutely stacked Pac-12 conference this year. Mm-hmm. Arizona, nationally ranked. Oregon, one of the top teams in the country. Stanford, one of the best programs in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are going up against the juggernauts of college basketball every single night. They're competing. They're playing hard. Uh, they're not going to get be in every single game, but they're hanging and that's I think that's also credit to Lynn Roberts and what she's built at for as the women's basketball coach. Um, I know when she came in, the program was like not in the best shape, but she's she's won a hundred games as the head coach of Utah women's as the women's basketball coach. And when you're playing, when you win a hundred games against teams that are consistently in the Final Four or Elite Eight, 
like in the same conference as you that's that's a big sign also she consistently brings in just ballers like she finds people like these girls from like minnesota and south dakota and brings them in and they go out and they kill it and they're just so good um both basket we had both um freshman of the week honors for the conference went to utah this week um which is also huge for the program it shows the young the young nature of, of both of these programs especially the women's team um yeah, both these teams are fantastic. Women's basketball will be on the road at Oregon on today, Wednesday night. Um, men's basketball also will be on the road at Wazoo. Um, and then Friday at home is the women's basketball team, while the men's team will be up in Washington. To I think in the, probably one of the most winnable games they have right now is Washington, because Washington also does not look the best. They do not. Expert analysis. Note, yeah, yeah. On that note, let's talk about ways that you can actually have some fun while watching that game. Are you talking about bet online? Oh, Sammy, it's almost like you read my mind. Oh it's going to be that you read the show plan. There's, it, never, it, show plan there's never show plan. Guys, we wing this. Yeah, but bet plan. online, again, would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue to march the playoffs and beyond. My heart was crushed this weekend in the NFL playoffs. Um, Matt Gay took the heart out of my chest and squeezed it and made it turn to dust. But anyways, I digress. Bet online, it still remains the number one spot for spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. It's a new year and there's a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to get started from football to basketball to hockey to boxing to ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage to all the amazing offers available in 2022 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager all of your favorite sports bet online where the game starts It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Coming down the home stretch. I don't know where that song came from, but uh, on today's episode of Locked on Utes, um, with me, Sammy Moore, and as always, Brian Brown. Brian, there was a very, 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 re- re- not, I don't want to say retrospective article, but we'll just say pertinent article that came out from Utah Athletics this week um, from one of the best SIDs I've ever worked with. Um, Jordy, Lindy, Lindy, Lindley, Lindley, Lindsay, Lindley, Lindley, Lindley. 
of Utah athletics, putting this season into perspective, um, Brian, what were your initial thoughts on it? Oh, it was beautifully done. And, and I think Jordy is it really, she's an asset to the program on a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a lot of ways. Uh, most importantly is, is she keeps us, um, on top of, uh, timing and everything like that. She handles the media requests. So well, um, also so very funny stuff. and very nice. Like Jordy yeah, is the best. She's one a really of the great best. to work with. Yeah. And, Fantastic. and I think it was uh, of anybody that you could allow to write this article. Jordy is definitely the one because she's had an up close and personal view of everything going on. Yeah. She's great. Um, She's always there just welcoming us at media availability, making sure we get our stuff done. She's also one of those, one of the most um, personable athletic or SIDs, SIDs I've ever worked with. Like constantly asking us, like telling us jokes, like talking to us. Like I love talking to Jordy. Um, and I think that article, like it was, I like that they gave her the opportunity to do this because usually you don't hear from SIDs. SI, the SID job is one that you are usually seen, but never heard. Um, especially like when it comes to college sports, because you're just dictating like where we can go, who we can talk to, what's going on. But that was interesting. That was a very important article, and I recommend everyone go on to Utah Athletics and read it. Um, this past weekend was huge for the Utah Athletics family, which is like it usually is, especially at that point at where we're at in the season right now. Um. Utah ski team clinched the Utah Invitational in Park City, which, as we said before, Utah is a ski school, so that comes to kind of the surprise of of no one. Um, I know for a fact Brian is not surprised by that result. Never. I've never been, never once been surprised by a ski result. Um, yeah, men's and women's swim and dive uh, had a couple athletes named to the SCAA Scholar All-American team. Um, Brian, have you ever been up to a swim meet up at the U? I have actually when I was a freshman. That Damn. was a long time ago. You, you thought I was all like out here slumming. No, I didn't. No, I, I didn't think that. I just didn't know because I've been to a couple and they're actually really fun. Um, they are. Yeah. They're, they're rowdy and loud and, uh, the environment is charged. Um, and I think the, the weird part about it is so my freshman year at the university of Utah, I lived on the same floor with all the athletes. And uh, the swimmers were, without a doubt, the toughest. That doesn't surprise that's, me. That's including uh, a former Utah um, defensive tackle that uh, may or may not have carried the football in the 2004 Holy War game. We all know who that is. Yes. Um, you have, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. No, I cannot. I cannot reveal uh, how Steve Fafita and I uh, celebrated um, his first year at the University of Utah, but suffice it to say, we did. As someone who doesn't know how to swim, um, just what they do just amazes me. Oh, it's incredible! Uh, oh yeah, and I, I wish I could swim like that. I, I wish I was a swimmer. I just wish I could swim in general. Um, but we we are we are not built for the swim life. That's a topic for another day. Um. Yeah. Heading into this weekend on the Hill, um, Utah Gymnastics will be at home versus Stanford, which is another up-and-coming program in the Pac-12 on Saturday at 2 p.m., not the usual Friday night meets like we've been used to. Um, 
both basketball teams, well, men's basketball and women's basketball on the road on Wednesday. Men's will be on the road again this weekend. Women's basketball will be at home versus Colorado on Friday. Um, also, in the lacrosse world, for you lovely lacrosse fans, i.e. Brian Brown, um, Jimmy Perkins was named the volunteer coach of Utah lacrosse this week. Um, for those of you who don't know, Jimmy was one of the original members of the Utah lacrosse team when they were formed. So how do you feel about that? How about him coming back and staying with the team? Oh, I love it. Jimmy is is the epitome of what you want in a coach. He was a great player. He was an effort guy, a tremendous leader, one that led by example, but also in indeed in, in action. Um, like you said, one of the early, uh, early arrivees in the program uh, had some struggles early on at Robert Morris due to injury. Uh, came out to Utah and, and and just kind of really helped establish the program and had a really great, um, a really great I think uh, uh, impact. In fact, one of the first games that I covered in 2020 uh, before everything shut down, Jimmy was the star. I remember. I have yet, I know this is going to come as a shock to you, Brian, but I have yet to go to a lacrosse game. I've been trying to get out to one for ages, but I remember reading articles that I was editing at the Chronicle for that, like at that time period. And it was just constantly about Jimmy Perkins and how much of a baller he was on the field. Without a doubt. Uh, Led the program with 31 goals and 30 assists um, starting in all 18 games in 2018. Uh, gives you an idea of just how much an impact he had on U- at Utah. Yeah, huge for him, huge for this program with the new coaching staff. We'll see how that shakes up. Um, Brian, thanks for letting me talk with some Utah athletics with you today. These are the best days, is the days when I get to talk to Sammy, and I look forward to many more on the horizon. On the rising, Cam? Cam rising? Oh, you just less elsened it. Mm, I don't understand that reference, but let's go. <laughs> Search Twitter, Les Olson, it IT and Cam Rising. Okay, I'll I'll hit the I'll hit the old Twitter machine after this. Um, Brian, I'm gonna turn it back on you. How where where can the people find you? What are you working on? What's going I'm, on? I'm not. I'm working on having a voice again. Uh, you can find me um, on Twitter at Brambear SLC. Uh, sometimes I'm trying to back off on the Twitter usage. Most of all, you can find me on the boards at youtone.com and here on occasion with you on Locked on Utes until voice returns. But I guess, you know what? There's no mystery because I announced it on Twitter. Uh, I'm leaving the podcast at the end of this month. Um, Bad so, day. Uh, good day for me. Um, I do understand that that you know people are, are bummed about it and uh, that, that makes you feel good, right? Like you feel appreciated and it's been a lot of time, effort, and sacrifice for me. Um, so it's a good time to step back and, and kind of reevaluate some things. And uh, I'll be back. Uh, not I'll always be here. Back. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm not, we have, I can't give you any clues as to uh, who will be replacing Jake and I, um, although I have hopes and dreams. Um, but uh, I'll be around still doing some things. And, uh, you know, I'll be posting news on Twitter and Zone as it occurs. We're going to be sad. I'm sad. I'm sad that you're leaving, but you know, it's going to be, it'll work out. Brian and I will still have our random, maybe we could even just like start like doing like Twitter spaces for people just to hear us like randomly talk about sports. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, You can find me again. I'm Sammy Moore. You can find me on Twitter at S underscore Mora 99. Also on the boards at Um, I got some 
some things in the works um, for many, many things in the works. Um, but thank you so much for making Locked On Utah your first listen every day. Now go and make Locked On Bets your second listen today. For expert analysis from your boy Q and Lee Sterling, make sure to check out Locked On Bets. And we will see you on the flippity flop. This has been the Locked On Youth podcast for Wednesday, January 26th, 2022. And we will see you again soon. Bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.